Hello, friends and strangers. Welcome back to Wisdom Weavers. I am really excited to share this particular interview. And also, I am sorry in advance if I open up a lot of my episodes by saying that. I'm going to try to say that in many different ways possible because it's actually the truth. I'm really excited to share this one, and I'm sure I'm going to be really excited to share a lot of them. I have some amazing people lined up that I get to have amazing conversations with, so it's all very exciting. Um, But I had a very interesting last two weeks of April. I was kind of in this, I was traveling, I had some time off, and I was kind of in this limbo state, not in the present moment, but in terms of the future come the summer, like what was going to go on in my life. And so it sort of felt like the universe was silent, 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 kind of telling me, Felicia, wait for it. Felicia, wait for it. And I was getting a bit antsy, like I really need to know what I'm doing in, you know, a couple weeks time. And then silence, silence, more silence. And all of a sudden, bam, everything from every angle of my life is coming together and everything's clear. And so I'm kind of flying high on that energy now, but I'm still feeling quite grounded. But as everything was coming together, as all the pieces were lining up, I had a friend remotely introduce me to one of her friends who happens to live en route from where I was traveling to where I needed to go. And both of us connected immediately and happened to have a week off. And so we decided to meet and I actually got to spend a week with her. So it was really beautiful. And I felt very much like I was in my maiden when I was with her. And she was very much... I felt as though I was receiving codes from a woman very much in her majesty and very much in her priestess energy. So this interview is loaded with wisdom and I feel very grateful that I get to share it with you. She really is the real deal. And I feel like so much of what she was saying in this conversation just kept hitting some deep truth core, truth cord inside of me. So without further ado, Ebony Allard is an award-winning international coach. She is a misfit turned maven, an author, an artist, and a priestess. She's the creator of the Misfit to Maven Way, the value filter system, and the CEO and founder of Misfit for Life. She empowers self-selected misfits to free themselves from invisible cages, flourish, and thrive. It is her mission to help 100,000 misfits know that they belong, reclaim their power, and live fully rounded, fun, and self-governed lives. Professionally, when she is not advocating for misfits, you'll find her being the priestess of alchemy. Personally, she's a pussycat curled up in a sunny spot or off chasing her tail or a rainbow. And also from personal experience, I must say she's also a mermaid. We spent a lot of time in the sea together. So I'll link all of her stuff in the show notes and I hope you enjoy. someone who is 
too creative, too innovative, too geeky, or just too uh, full of heart to clock in and clock out of a job and or life. And a maven is someone who is a misfit, but who owns it. Mm. And so misfits, um, misfits are different from rebels because rebels are pushing against something and they want to be different. Misfits are different. Misfits spend their life trying to fit in. Mm. And that has created a different way of viewing the world, thinking about themselves, feeling about themselves and, and operating. And misfits other themselves, like they feel othered, but often they other themselves. And we can go into what that means. But essentially, they feel different, they feel othered, they feel like a square peg, like they don't fit in, like they don't belong, they disown themselves, and they abandon themselves. And so becoming maven is a place where you are still you, where you don't get a personality transplant, where nothing actually changes about you, except that you step into yourself, you take ownership of yourself. And you recognize that you are an expert by the experience that you have lived. And that is ultimately what a maven is. Someone who is, a, is an expert by experience and who can hold multiple truths. You know, they're wise in many ways. And so that, that trajectory is really about coming home to yourself, really about taking ownership of your unique gifts, your unique talents, and often the things that make you different are the things that were meant to make you different because they give you a different perspective, a different way of viewing the world, which the world desperately needs. Mm. And misfits and mavens live in the liminal spaces in between. And when I speak to misfits, they are the ones that didn't have one friendship group at school or in childhood. They lived between many and they are often chameleons and they have found a way of camouflaging themselves and blending in and being able to fit in everywhere but never feeling like they are fully safe to be all of who they are. Then does the misfit know their gifts or is that unknown at that point? I guess that really depends. Like sometimes people do but they aren't proud of them yet. They don't want to shout about them yet. They don't feel seen particularly in them, but they also don't really want to. So they tell me they do. They tell me, you know, I need to be more visible and more people need to see me. That would make the difference. But also they, on a deep level, they're scared to be seen. Mm. And um, is there a point in your life where you claimed this term misfit? Or did you always feel this way and then finally... As you were a maven, you found the word for misfit? Or how did that sort of come about embodying those words, I guess? I have always felt different. And for so many different reasons and on so many different levels. But on a really surface level, like being called Ebony in 1980 made me different, right? Like having... Living in a house truck, living in seven countries before I was seven made me different. Living on a vegan commune in 1983 made me different, right? Like, there were lots of things. I love my parents to death, but not so much when I was younger. Because I wanted to be normal, right? Like, I wanted TV dinners, and I wanted, a, like, I wanted normality in so many ways. I didn't want to stick out, and I didn't want to be... Um, and I felt like a misfit. I felt like... Oh, this is such a weird story. When I was in um, the first week of secondary school, so high school... We were doing, I arrived late, I was a couple of weeks late, everyone had got to know each other, I think I came at Easter, 
and the teacher was asking us to talk about a holiday that we'd been on and someone was talking about the Seychelles and everyone in the class knew where the Seychelles were and it was like oh yeah we've always wanted to go to the Seychelles and I was like where is this place that everybody else knows about (laughs) and then they started talking about EastEnders or Neighbours or like these TV shows and again I was like I have no idea what these things are we didn't have a TV in my house and so like just this thing of like oh my god I don't exist in the real world and I don't want to know what anything is that has stayed with me a lot and I got told you know you're so weird so often and I think that then many many years later when I'd was starting my coaching business, I wanted to find a label, like you do exercises where they're like, what is your client avatar? And I was like, I need to find a word or a descriptor to, to describe my people. Mm. And that was the word that, that dropped in really instantly for me. And then the word maven, like when I was writing my story or coming up with the, the idea for this book, actually came in a dream to me and my grandma gave me the word maven and said your book will be called misfit to maven and I didn't know what a maven was I'd never heard of the word before um but I looked it up and it made complete sense to me and what's the definition of the word it's an old as I understand it it's an old Hebrew word and it means expert by experience and Mm. then when you go more into the etymology and some language it also means one who can hold many truths Mm. Mm. and that's okay that's a big focus because that's actually sort of how I came about creating this podcast was wisdom weavers the idea that basically seeding or holding a higher vision for society by sharing our stories truths and callings and that their homogeny is not unity mm-hmm. it's not unity consciousness so yeah so how does this misfit to maven play into this idea of being able to hold many truths As my work has evolved, and by that I mean as I have met more people and assisted them on their journey into self-actualization, into finding who they truly are underneath the layers of camouflage and their shoulds and musts and must like what my parents would want and, and the roles and like all of those things, underneath it all, there is this this element of who they are but it is not one thing because it's not that they're not the version of themselves that their mother sees and it's not that they're not any parts of themselves it's actually that there are many truths that there are many perspectives and that we can be many things and as I started to meet more misfits one of the common themes was not fitting with the homogenized one-size-fits-all version of what femininity is or being a woman is or masculinity or being a man is and that came up a lot and then the other one that comes up a lot particularly with my people is I mean I, I'm not taking ownership of them but the people <laughs> that come into my world um is is neurodivergence and not thinking one particular way not experiencing the world one particular way and on my journey, I kind of went through this path of sharing my experiences and recognizing that it was different from other people who were there. And they would say to me, well, I'm not lying. And I would go, well, I'm not lying either, right? And so we'd kind of get into this place where um, 
where I didn't, where I essentially realised that so much of traditional society is set up for a win-lose situation. If one person is right, the other is wrong by default, right? Because you can't both be right and you can't both. So, so that's something that I've really been investigating. And it's like, well, what if we're both right? What if we're just looking at it from a different perspective? And then I, I, um, <laughs> there's a beautiful image, and I can't remember it now, the specifics of it, but it's like looking at something and saying what you see and then showing you the same thing from a different perspective and going, oh no, it's not that, it's this. Like when we only got part of the picture or when we're only looking at it from one place, it's still a, it's still a thing, right? It's still whatever it is that we are looking at. Mm. But depending on where we are looking at it from, it's going to look entirely different, but that doesn't make the thing itself not true. Mm-hmm. And so, so much of my work is allowing people to, to remove the struggle, the fight of needing to prove that they are right because they don't want to be wrong. And where do you think that, yeah, I mean, I see this as maybe the biggest, exactly what we're talking about, as what humanity as a whole, what Mm. society as a whole is in the middle of the biggest initiation to push through this. And it feels like it's the individual's job to move through that. And how do we, I guess... You can't teach this concept to someone they like that there are multiple truths. They have to figure that out for themselves in a way. You can show them. Yeah, so is it just how. by being that? I guess so, but it, but it is that it's little literal example, right? Let's say, um, okay, so let's say that we are both describing a dog, right? And you're looking at it from where you're standing and I'm looking at it from where I'm standing. And I describe... And, and maybe we're both describing it to another person. And that other person, so from where you are, the dog that you can see, you can see it and you're like, oh, it's got a brown tail, um, but the rest of it is white, right? But where I'm standing, I can't see the tail. So I'm like, it's a white dog, but its nose is um, yellow. Just mm-hmm. go with me on this. <laughs> and I've never seen this dog. But the person, right, then on the phone, like listening to both of us is going, well, which one is it? Does it have, is it that or is it that, right? But it's both mm. of those things in its entirety. But from where you're standing, it doesn't look that way. And from where I'm standing, it doesn't look that way. But neither of us are lying and neither of us are wrong. It's the truth, mm. right? Does that make sense? Yeah. And so that happens in life as well. And often it happens, particularly around the stories of our experience of our childhood Mm. or that first relationship or that first, you know, how your body was or like all of those things that shape our identity, your experience of it is probably different from the other people around you. Mm. And then what we do in in Misfits Maven in M2365 is we show you some of the ways that we experience differently. Um, and a classic example you would understand so the way that someone with a Gemini sun or Gemini uh, or Mercury and Gemini experience the world would be different from Mm. someone who had that who had that in Pisces for Mm -hmm. example right they would just experience the world differently Mm -hmm. neither is wrong or right about the world but their perception of it is going to be different they have different truths Mm -hmm. and then we also look at personality typing we look at numerology we look at uh, all of these different things and frameworks, not 
to confuse people but also mm. some people go oh that language makes so much sense to me mm-hmm. and to others it doesn't mm-hmm. and so we teach in a range of styles as well so there's auditory um very much kind of kinesthetic then much more visual we all imagine things differently we so if if we can understand that that is true then of course it would be true on a grander scale as well if it can be true on a micro scale mm. then it has to be true on a micro scale mm-hmm. and then i guess all these things all these tools yeah. in the toolbox whether it's astrology numerology whatever it might be I find that, like, as an astrologer, people will be like, oh, this is a way, well, maybe I'm assuming people will think or judge that this is a way to compartmentalize people. But actually, all these things, it's not, like, of course you're not one thing. Of course you're not, like, enslaved to being a Gemini sun. But all of these things exist on a spectrum. They're, Mm -hmm. like, how I see it as impulses in us that we drive. They're, like, an impulse... And we choose the direction of where to go. Absolutely. And so many people don't like being put in a box, right? They're there like, I'm not that. I'm like, okay, but I'm not saying you're definitively that. I'm yeah. saying, I'm asking you which parts of this lands for you or helps you navigate the world better or gives you a sense of allegory or example or allows you to see yourself. And if this doesn't allow you to see yourself or hold multiple truths, let it go. And so that's a very um, classic kind of personal development adage, right? Take what works, leave the rest. Mm. They actually mean it because you can't... There are so many different types of people with so many different experiences who are essentially looking for different things because of their cognitive stack, because of the way we are made differently, Mm. that they will experience different things. Mm -hmm. So, for example... You're an INFJ, I'm an ENFJ. When we come into a room, you will not notice the finer details, right? It will take you three or four times to go into a room before you're like, oh my God, how long has that coaster been there with that picture on? Because in your cognitive stack, it's further down Mm. than mine, Mm -hmm. right? But I won't remember um, that there was, like if there was information on the wall, right? Like I wouldn't have read it. Did it really say that? (laughs) Like, I'm not interested. I can tell you every colour in the room, right? Now, that's just an example of one room. When we go into it, we actually take in the information in a different way. Mm. We filter it, first of all, through our uh, operating system, so how we are made, so our nature, but then also our nurture, our biases, what our parents said, what, what we're... You know, all of our experiences, Mm -hmm. all of our form, our beliefs form all of this stuff, which is why in the world right now we are in a psychological war where we are being manipulated, where they, whoever they are, but the people who want Mm -hmm. to manipulate, advertise to us, sell something... Um, and this can be used in a really positive way, just to be really clear, yeah. right? So they do it for crowd control at, right. at festivals, in airports, right? Like when you understand the psychology of humans on a big level, yeah. you can keep them safe, right? Like so you can, they had to do it with like that big Black Friday thing that happened in the States years ago where they was crushing because it, because they hadn't managed <gasps> their... Um, the crowd well right but there could have been different things if they put a truck in a slightly different place if they put a smell over there if they had done it on a different day so there's this understanding both of humans in in an individual way but also how they act in packs a packs and when we have that information we can manipulate 
us as animals because there is there are there are we, we, when we came from this from a place of truth it's like there are multiple truths but we have to go in at different sub at different different things motivate different people is what i'm trying to say different people are looking for a different truth different information in any one moment right yeah and this is like so fascinating to think about because this idea right now wherever we're at in society right now where i just feel like we're in this like pressure cooker mm -hmm. um i see it as an initiation i don't know who will pass who will fail that's not for me to judge or know but it feels like a massive initiation and at its core is this thing of holding multiple truths and i feel if you, if the person doesn't know themselves mm -hmm. and all of these things that you do in your business as a coach all these tools is so the person knows themselves and so if the person doesn't know themselves, I find it so easy to adhere to one particular dogma or one particular truth. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question would be, do you think that the, the, the cure mm -hmm. for, I guess, this madness of being easily manipulated or, or not being able to hold two truths or not being able to listen mm -hmm. or to even communicate is on the individual to first know who they are even though they're dynamic like what would you think the cure of that is so for me I don't believe that it's initiation that we can pass or fail because I feel don't feel like necessarily that there's an end right, right? like there's a yeah. um it's an initiation into a deeper level of awareness and a, and a and more information being available to you, more depth, more intimacy, more mm. you know, more expansion of that. Right, mm -hmm. like we're all going to get expansion of something because the law of right. expansion means that everything is always expanding. But what you focus on grows, and, and where your attention and energy and focus goes, that's what you're going to see more of. Right. And so for the people who are focused on fear, there will be potentially more fear, right? right? For those people who are focused on intimacy, connection, love, then there will be more of that. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of, do I think it's on the individual I actually think it's on the individual to stop being so individualistic mm. and be more interested in their community. And this is also, but, but it's a balance of both because it is a spectrum. So it's not one or the other, right. it is both, right? And so we all need to be more self-responsible and more compassionate. Right. And if we did both of that, and what I see is a lot of people doing one or the other. Right, there's lots and lots of people saying you must get this or do that or stay in or wear this or wear that or have right. this prescription or do this treatment because otherwise for your community. Right. But they won't go and listen to an old lady tell her story right. for their community. Right. And that's the piece where it's like it you can't have it one way because it isn't one way. There is a that, that truth has a polarity, it has a positive aspect and a negative aspect not in a good bad way right but in a full empty way or in a like one end of the spectrum and on the other end of the spectrum kind of a way yeah and so people like to pick and choose how they experience their values and what they are willing to do in 
in that value. So if I value truth, but I'm not willing to share it all the time, only when it suits me, that isn't a complete honouring of that value. Right. And so I do think, like for me personally, I really advocate for people getting to know who they are and what they want and what they're about and how they tick. Not from a place of selfishness or arrogance, but actually from a place of so that you can tell the other person or other people in your life what it is that you need to feel seen and loved and similarly if they are doing that work too and they're able to tell you what they need in order to or or how best you can meet their needs then you're able to do that without guessing or without being psychic right and ultimately all of the emotions and the feelings that we have come from a place of a um a met or unmet need mm. so we all have emotions and yet none of us are girls more than boys at, at the moment historically are taught uh, a full range of emotional vocabulary mm. and emotional intelligence and I would love to see us all able to identify very clearly not just the name of an emotion but also the sensate of it in our bodies and what it is that's causing that as in what is the need that is being met or unmet Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah and and i also think of it in terms of people taking responsibility for their own emotions that doesn't mean somebody slaps me in the face and oh that's my fault i'm upset like i wonder why i'm upset right now it must be something inside of me i mean like really taking responsibility for not just the emotions because emotions and feelings and thoughts are often automatic but how we then choose to react either on autopilot or with consciousness and awareness and when you understand your personality type how you operate like all of those things then you can so for example i think a lot of thoughts but i am on the very introverted side of the extroversion scale right so Mm -hmm. I'm an extrovert and what that means it's again misinterpretation of that information largely in public doesn't Mm -hmm. mean I love people quite the opposite (laughs) what it means is I process on the outside right so I often don't know exactly how I think until so uh, what I think about something until someone asks me and I'm thinking while I'm talking and then I go oh yeah and then we all but it's not a fully formed idea until halfway through the sentence potentially and I think I'm the opposite with the introversion so a lot of introverts will have their whole thought process on the inside and forget to share it with anybody um and actually your personality type they have those thoughts on the inside but they then need to verify right like they need to check with other people is this real does this work (laughs) my personality type needs to do that too they're like oh is this a thought that other people will understand and each personality type has a different way of thinking and also then how they uh, communicate that and so for me it becomes really really interesting if we have the self-responsibility of own using clean language and owning our feelings and not doing the like you made me feel but the like oh when that happened or when you did that i felt like this and then together we might go "Hmm, what need got met or not uh, not met in that moment Mm -hmm. it's like for me often when people don't tell me things that they're doing 
I feel angry or frustrated or sad. Like, okay, what's the need underneath that? Okay, actually, the need, like where that comes from, the need that isn't being met is that I be- I'm worried that you're going to leave without me or that you're going to do something fun and that I won't be a part of it or that I won't have the energy or the capacity to come when you ask me because you'll ask me last minute or, you know, those kind of things. And so it's getting really clear, not just on what the feeling is, but what the cause of that feeling is, because quite often we we have this incredible thing in our brains that remembers information and then auto-completes it. It's the basal ganglia in your brain, right? And so it like and the basal ganglia likes repeat repetitive tasks. It mm. goes, Oh yes, we know how to do this. It's like an engine, right? And it doesn't have to um it doesn't have to remember lots of information because it's quite slow moving. It it does repetitive tasks. I'll give you an example. When I was a kid, uh, one Saturday morning, we'd got into the car and we, all of a sudden were outside my school. And I was like, Mom, why are we outside school? And she was like, oh, because I drove here on autopilot, right? Because her basal ganglia kicked in. Cause, and she was like, yes, when I get the, all the kids in the car, we go to school. Yeah, right? yeah. So there's a bit of our brain that auto-completes sentences, a bit like your phone does. It goes, yeah. oh, she needs this. Right? It doesn't always get it right, right. but it, it's trying to do that. <laughs> and so one of the things that we have to work with if we want to change a belief or change a pattern is actually saying, hey, basal ganglia, let's not complete it like that anymore. I know we always have. Or just because this person has done that doesn't mean why. And that's mm-hmm. reflexive interpretation, reflexive interpretation, and we all do that quite a lot, right? Like we're trying to save brain space, especially now. There's information everywhere all of the time. Mm-hmm. We're trying to autocomplete things because our processing, our brains, our processes are so busy, and we're not very good. We're wonderful at keeping our phones charged. Really good at like <laughs> putting things on charge overnight. Not so good at doing it with ourselves. Right. right? Yeah, and mm. recharging. Um, we were speaking the other day about this idea and I think it really ties into everything that we've been talking about, but this idea of integrity mm-hmm. and being in integrity. And I think this connects to being able to hold multiple truths, following through, self-realization. Can you speak a little bit to what it means to have integrity? Because from what I'm, as my own definition of it is developing, or I, although it feels really sturdy in me, that definition, but as I'm thinking about it more and more, I'm seeing that a lot of people act outside of integrity because they don't actually know what their own values are versus what they assume their values might be or other people's values. So yeah, what's your thought? What's your thoughts on that basically? Okay. I love the example that you've just given because for me integrity or where integrity comes from is it means wholeness so something a wheel is in integrity let's say like a cartwheel or a bicycle wheel it's a circle with spokes across it and the integrity is held together and it works because all of the pieces are there and so as it rolls it can do its job and it can roll because it is in integrity Mm -hmm. if i remove one of the spokes it is no longer in integrity and it may work but there is a place where it will potentially it will fall apart because its integrity is weakened Mm -hmm. okay so when we don't know what we are made of 
then we don't know necessarily if something is missing or broken. And so the way that you're describing integrity, it's like, oh, it's they're out of, because often people say they're out of integrity and they mean they're out of alignment or they're not, there's an incongruence or there's um, some cognitive dissonance, right? Like something isn't aligned with and doesn't feel right because these pieces aren't in integrity. There isn't a wholeness to it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, but often they can't fix what they don't know is broken. Mm-hmm. And so people can think that they are operating in integrity but they haven't dived deep enough to actually understand what integrity is for them Mm -hmm. because they haven't really understood what their what they are made of what their elements are what their values are what their beliefs are what and so when they are acting out of integrity it can sometimes be with good intention and it's much easier to spot what it is that is specifically out of integrity when we know ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because this comes up a lot in um, the birth work community, and let's even say midwifery, because often, like I'll just give, a, there's a million examples I can give, but like, for example... I had a friend who was studying midwifery under the hospital system mm-hmm. and she had to follow a certain protocol. This happens all the time because yeah. are you serving the client, mm-hmm. the person, the patient, whatever you want to say? Are you serving the birthing woman or are you serving the insurance company? Are you serving the hospital protocol? And what's so painful, and this is why I think there's a lot of burnout with midwifery, mm-hmm. especially licensed midwifery, and also it's it's hard work either way, but is that she'll have to make a decision based on protocol when she knows that's not in the best interest of this person. She feels it in her heart, mm-hmm. like as the woman serving another, but it, I'm sorry, I have to serve this system. Yes. And, okay, so this is really great because where it, what it actually comes down to is that, so let's say the value is freedom freedom the belief so freedom is the is the value which is like the tabletop and then you have legs that hold up the table and those legs are beliefs Mm -hmm. so let's say we have a tabletop of uh freedom Mm -hmm. and then we have two legs under it Mm -hmm. those two legs are different beliefs someone who values freedom can believe that owning their house outright, not owing the bank anything, being mortgage-free is freedom. Mm -hmm. And it is. (laughs) Someone who values freedom may believe that never owning a house, traveling the world, being able to go wherever they want, um, you know, and and saving money just in case they want to go somewhere else, or they can, you know, stay in a great hotel one night or an Airbnb another night, they think that's freedom. Mm. Also right. Back to two truths. Mm-hmm. Neither are wrong, neither are right, but their interpretation or their belief that underpins um, this value of freedom is different. Now, what I see quite a lot is that a couple will be together and they will say, we both value freedom, and they do. But when they dive further into their relationship or maybe one year, five years, 10 years down the road, they realize that some of their values, they have different beliefs about what that means for Mm -hmm. them. And so that can lead to 
a need to investigate further and they can either move away from each other or, or have the uncomfortable conversation and go deeper into connection. Right. Now, I as an individual, you as an individual, the midwife that you're talking about in question, could also have two beliefs that are incongruent with one another. Mm. So she could believe in freedom being the ability to have the insurance pay for the birth, right? Or for the, her to mm. be there and the assistant. And that's freedom for her in that right. moment, right? Like she gets to, or maybe it's support, right? Like whatever it is, there might be one. It's like, oh, I will, I will be there and that will be supporting for her. And so I want to say yes to the insurance company because that will provide support, right? right that belief. Then she might also think that support would be not having to be dictated to by the insurance company of what is allowed or not allowed. Right. So suddenly she's got two incongruent beliefs within her and she has to choose between them mm-hmm. and that's difficult for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so whichever way she goes in that, someone will accuse her of being out of integrity. And this is where we have to understand that there are more than one truth mm-hmm. because in one way she potentially was being out of integrity but in another way she was being completely in integrity and acting in line with what she thought was best in this circumstance totally so then we're back in the place of let's really move into a place of being able to hold more than one truth Mm -hmm. because there isn't one true path there isn't a right way and a wrong way and Mm -hmm. that's what i see a lot of human beings but particularly misfits getting really caught up on and getting stuck in paralysis and not moving forward and not taking action because they don't they want to get it right and they don't want to be accused of being out of integrity which is a really big deal for infjs by the way oh yes (laughs) (laughs) never i'm like you could act out of integrity by mistake and that fear keeps them paralyzed right like that fear means they're never going to do anything they're never going to act they're never going to step forward they're never going to try things Mm. and it's like well if I can tell you that there is not one true path, there are multiple truths, that also means that no matter what you do, you will also be in integrity because both things are possible. Right. And I think if you are out of integrity in the long run, you will burn out or get sick or maybe not. But I find if if you're betraying, if you have some, some people don't even know what is their truth or they're not sure and so they just feel confused but i think if you have some semblance of understanding something's gotta give eventually if for some reason you're living a life that's betraying that i would hope that life gives us opportunities to change and hopefully i think the longer you don't listen perhaps the more intense the the nudge maybe i agree and i also can say from experience that the the more scared you are of making a mistake or getting it wrong, the more you don't act, the more that same experience will happen where you, life will pass you by and you will get more, you know, really burnt out because, from a lack of living and doing. And so, so the solution, as far as I'm concerned, is to live messier for all of us, right? Integrate our wild feminine, live messier and lean on each other, support each other, integrate our static masculine. So the support that comes with no judgment that says well, you, you tried, you did your best, you acted, you moved right. forward, like all of this is great. And so if we can be in community more and witness each other more and support each other more and come really from 
kindness, love, compassion, mm-hmm. then and and you know hold this idea of more than one truth, then we can reach a place mm-hmm. of, of utopia. But it does mean stepping out of the paradigm of win lose, mm-hmm. which is going to upset a lot of winners, right? So there's a lot of people. <laughs> who have a lot of power, who have a lot of money, who will lose stuff if we level the playing field. Right. And then I want to go and talk, because some people are not going to quite understand what we mean when we say community. And maybe you and I mean different things, but I think a lot of people, this is obviously community is a huge value of mine um, in the work that I do. Also, on some level, the way that I want to live, I don't know exactly how that's going to look. I mean, I live in a community right now, but that will shift and change. Um, But I think people sometimes think community and they're like, all the money is pooled, everybody lives on top of each other, and that's what living in community is, or that's what living in a community setting is. That, to me, is not... It's more... It's less individualistic. It's not the individual and all the systems at large. It's more bubbles. I don't know. Like, what? What's your take on it? Because I should probably think of a better definition. Like, I know what it feels like. I know what it is, but I don't have like a good definition of it. Okay, so I have a version of this. So, so what you've described is very literal, and again, it's actually the beliefs that sit under the value of like, um, the the. For me, that would mean living in this way. That's what you're saying here. Well, right? I'm saying I don't want it to mean that. Yeah. And so what I am... what So I have this exercise that I do with people. So my version of community means not relying on either yourself or one other person for everything. Okay? So I have an exercise which I call going to the butcher for flowers. And bear with me. But let's say that you have a... Um, you need an apple, a loaf of bread, some sausages, some flowers, and you've got a greengrocer's, um, a florist, a baker, and a butcher's. You wouldn't go to the butcher for your flowers. You wouldn't. You would go to the florist for mm-hmm. your flowers, right? Okay. So what I see very often is people going to their partner for something going to the like making their partner and their relationships their supermarket right they want mm-hmm. everything from one place they want to be able to get their apple their blah, blah you know all of those things from one place but actually the best thing is to be able to really pick someone who can meet that specific need for you in a particular way so when we live in community whether it is literal and on the land and they're near you mm-hmm. or whether it's virtual and they're mm-hmm. all over the world or whatever it is living in community actually means having a village mentality and going to the correct person for to get your need met not trying to get someone who isn't a specialist in that area to Mm do it right Mm -hmm. and so with the idea of long-term monogamy and individual houses and you know one you know all of that kind of stuff what we do is we end up in a place where we are relying on one person for everything which is really creating this kind of codependent narcissistic vibe, like uh, vibe that we see all over the place, and then not that that not working for people because no right. one is being given their sovereignty right. in that. And so for me, community works in alignment and and next to alongside sovereignty, mm-hmm. because what we really want is for each person to know that they are whole integrity mm-hmm. on their own mm-hmm. and when they need a different mirror to help them reflect something understand something deeper find true intimacy be vulnerable 
instead of going to a person who doesn't get it, they can go to different people for different things and have this interconnected life. And so for me, community is literally living in an interconnected way right. where you have multiple people in your world who can help you with different things. And similarly, you will have multiple people who come to you for whatever it is that you, is your zone of genius in the right. world. Right. And it's kind of, it's reminding me, like... I really like this way that you put it as people rely on themselves or one other person. It's just hyper individualistic or like my partner or um, even this idea of like bodies, like the healthcare system for to fix everything that might be wrong with me, including mental health, all these things rather than, hey, maybe I should see a homeopath as well. I'm not saying anything, don't go through the healthcare system. Definitely, it's there for a reason. But people put all their well-being mm-hmm. on this one body or entity. And I think that codependence exists with so, systems So in this too. model that I have in my mind, right? Like you might go to, in let's, let's talk about general society. You might go to a... A, gen- a GP, a general practitioner, or to a hospital or the medical system and say, mm-hmm. this is going on, and that person would then advise you which specialist that you might want to see. Right. In the village concept that we are talking about, someone might go and see the priestess or the medicine woman or the wise person, right, mm-hmm. and say, this is going on in my life, and they will not necessarily even be the solution for that person but they would advise like go and talk to that tree go and talk to that person go and hang out there go for a swim in the lake go and dance more right like it isn't always going to be i am the solution to your problem because that isn't the way it is so you have an impartial uh and and one of the things that makes wise people wise is their impartiality Mm. that they're not trying to serve themselves or sell something yeah but that they can recommend the best course of action for that person or the best place to go to get that need met Mm -hmm. and 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 somewhere along the lines we had that and it shifted so we had multiple villages right and we mm-hmm. had communities of healthcare practitioners of of food providers of all of this stuff and i'm i am not suggesting that we go back 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 i'm actually suggesting that we go forward totally and and integrate this with technology with totally. the different things that we know now all of right. that stuff but not do it for convenience and for money but actually allow um allow us to really value things more right and it and it's like this idea because people think oh then we're going back to being like cavemen or and maybe if that if you enjoy that way of living go for it you know but i think you know we can advance with this model as a society very quickly and i'm just thinking and you know i've been i've been living in very much a community setting i've been living in a community amongst many communities Mm -hmm. Um, and we even have like our own form of currency that we sometimes trade in. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of trades. I, we have homeopath midwives, like, um, just to, to, every, every other man is a carpenter. Every other woman's a carpenter. Absolutely. It's... But so one of the things that we get told a lot in the business world, and, and I think that this is true if we go out on a much bigger level into this kind of village model Mm -hmm. do i want a general builder 
to come and do my kitchen, if I've been saving to have my kitchen remodeled for years and years and years and I'm ready to have my kitchen remodeled, mm-hmm. do I want a general builder to come and do it or do I want a kitchen specialist who specializes in oak tops because I've always wanted an oak top in my kitchen? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for the guy who's spent 10 years working with oak, who understands it, mm-hmm. blah, 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 right? So the same thing, it's like if we are all allowed to truly be ourselves and allow our gifts to come through, then there is no competition because actually in the moment that you decide that you want something or have a desire for something and you're able to articulate what it is that you really want, then all of the people that are connected to those kinds of people will go, oh my gosh, I know exactly which builder you need because if you want that, he like this one understands slate perfectly or this one understands rivers, right. like whatever it is. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And that means that there's room for everybody in the village, that no one is in competition with anyone else right. because we get to be ourselves fully and completely. Right, yeah, exactly. And that's like your specialty. Um. But the school system, particularly when I was growing up and, and still now, actually wants to do quite the opposite. It wants to make you good at everything, even the things you're terrible at, right? In fact, in you know, my parents' generation and to some degree mine, the things that you're bad at, you should do more. Right. Yeah. Because we need to get everyone to like essentially be because after the um industrial age we moved then into like computer like living and working in cubicles and being computers and like generate like we moved into the information age but the early information age right and so that made sense because we want carbon copies we want everyone to be able to reproduce the thing in the same way and it but we're beyond that now that's not necessary anymore because we have so much machinery to do that we don't need humans to be machines Mm -hmm. we need humans to be physical and emotional souls having like that's the whole point right we are souls having a physical and emotional experience so be a soul having physical and emotional experience don't try and be a computer we have computers for that and so for me that's why we can move (laughs) forward in that way (laughs) don't be a cyborg (laughs) i mean you know if you really want to go be a cyborg and there are lots of people now (laughs) do you want to be a cyborg yeah absolutely and they will go and get an implant and a and a a vaccine and a this and a that and the other and they'll become parts of and genuinely i have <laughs> no judgment on that i yeah. actually think it's really pretty cool if that's your desire yeah totally and i don't think that that's not the way that humanity should go. like i'm pretty sure that's definitely how humanity was supposed to be going because we're doing it right <laughs> some of us <laughs> Absolutely. But, but again there's room for diversity right. everybody needs to be the same right so my issue with where we're at right now is someone telling me that i have to do it too right no you do you I'll do me exactly we can all coexist and that is the thing it's like I really resp- I want to meet the cyborgs I think I want to know what happens I have a scientist brain I really want to see where we're going right I just don't really want to do it right but at the same time right like so we all lots of us have very strange value systems won't go and do this man-made thing but we'll totally take a frog venom or like right it's like okay so i don't get this weird logic that you've got why is one better and why is one worse i can understand your beliefs but it's not true right there is no truth we're back at this place again right Right. there's no one like one ultimate truth there is no right there is no wrong there's just different perceptions Mm -hmm. and just different ways of viewing the world so from where i'm coming from both can be true right and also being aware of why are you yeah. to, like why why are you vegan to save the earth 
what do you mean? You know, like really getting down to like, what does that really mean? Because also you might be drinking a ton of alcohol and not caring about your own earth that you live in. And that I'm not saying this as a judgment. I'm just saying this to like bring awareness. Why? Like, why are you holding on to the labels? Absolutely, because not all decisions are created equal. You know, someone who raises their own pigs and slaughters them and uses every part of that product mm -hmm. and trades it for other things in their town or with their friends uh, or, you know, with people that they know, their community, is, that is not the same as a packet of value ham in a supermarket totally. chain that probably has very little pig left in it to be right. right like and i personally have no judgment if you do one or the other i'm just saying they're not the same mm -hmm. they are incomparable mm -hmm. that's all and i think everything that we're talking about to me i try to model or i try to learn more about in my own way, how to be human in the world, how to evolve, actually how to evolve as a human being by looking out in nature. That doesn't mean I have to let go of technology and live like a caveman, although, I don't know, I might dabble in that sometime, but like, I mean, I already kind of have at some to some degree, but like this idea of community, well, the bees are pollinating the flowers, the trees are giving out oxygen, everything's moving in this organism, and I think we are nature and we're a part of that. Like, or we can be. We, I think the, the illusion, the separation has been thinking that we're not a part of nature, or I don't know, like this compartmentalized box outside of it. That's my take. I um, get that. And also, the trees don't try and pretend to be bees. Right. The bees don't try and be trees. But they are also part of the same ecosystem. And, and that's where this idea of like, we are all one, but we also have individuation, right? And so that is also really important. Like none of us are, like not a single human being on this planet is free until we are all free. But does one right in this moment experience more freedom than the other? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right now, the way that it is set up is that money and skin colour and education mm -hmm. and, you know, where the water is, where mm -hmm. the oil is, gives some people a greater degree of freedom than others. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, on a very deep level, you know this, like inside of us, because we're all made of the same matter, we all run have the same light running through us, we feel the disparity, we feel the inequality mm -hmm. and, and so for me it would be really awesome to find a place and a way of creating a win-win where everybody gets to be free does that mean that wealthy people shouldn't be allowed to have their wealth and we should take it all away from them in my opinion no Mm -hmm. right like there are some people who don't want to do anything of value in the world and there are other people who want to do something of a lot of value in the world but who decides what's valuable and yeah. what isn't that gets to shift in life yes thing. yes right and there's enough to go around i think if we're really living in alignment yeah but i also don't like for me personally i don't want us all to have the same amount because we don't all want the same amount it's yeah not right for us to have the same amount mm -hmm. some people really do work every hour and they really want to like 
do and like uh, create newness mm-hmm. and protect and or whatever and other people but but what what we're not doing right now is remunerating in a way that is balanced mm-hmm. equity the, the equity across every human being mm-hmm. isn't at a good place right now and mm-hmm. that i would like to shift personally mm-hmm. if i could shift that overnight i would i would allow for caretaking um whole you know holding space nurturing raising children to be of as much value as mm-hmm. you know managing money because actually you know like let's look at the structures that we have in place mm-hmm. and the value system that we have in place mm-hmm. because that's not working mm-hmm. uh-huh. okay this has been amazing i'm gonna link all of your books stuff everything in the notes and then I just wanted to ask one last question if there's any piece of wisdom you want to leave us with any last gem I mean I'm terrible at gems <laughs> 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 um, but the thing that I believe is the most important thing for Anybody listening to this is to know that you have everything in, you need inside of you. Mm. That I am not wiser than you. That there is no teacher out there who is wiser than you about you. They mm. might be wise on something that they've spent years and years studying <laughs> on and practiced a ton, mm. right? But nobody knows you. No one can ever know you better than you. No one can know how to love you. No one can know how to feed you. No one can know anything. They can give you what has worked for the mean average in the world and the people they have seen, but they can't tell you what will work for you. The only person who can do that is you. And that means that you get to take some responsibility, but it also means that you get to have some agency, some wisdom, and to stop look like that doesn't mean don't go and ask your teachers absolutely go ask them for the information but then go and try it for yourself experience it for yourself through your system Mm. oh thank you so much my pleasure